Oh my god, what the fuck? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? Lock the gates. It's Astro Blast. Lock the gates. It's me, Chris Farron. It's me, Jess Abbott. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the aspects today. Go! Yeah, we're going to talk about the aspects, and we're also going to probe Scorpio legend Shamir, musical artist. And uh, you're probably sick of hearing this by now, but just the general standard, let me run through this as quickly as possible. We have a Patreon and merch now. Our merch store is up on our website as well as our Patreon. And if you sign up for the Patreon, one of the tiers lets you get 20% off the merch. You get cool stuff like the full extended Astral Probe interviews, uh, more or less unedited and uh, not cut down. You also can get to ask me one question about your chart or anything astrology related once a month. Um, and then, yeah, there's a 20% discount. Um, Christmas time is coming up. The Aspects. Oh, finally. Oh my gosh. I've been begging to hear about the aspects about in terms of the astronomy about it, the astrology, and the closing notes. <laughs> wow, what t-shirt contest in the studio. Just just poured water all over herself. <laughs> sure, I poured water all over oh, myself. Right. Liquor, hard liquor. Um, I poured hard liquor all over myself at 3:46 p.m. Um, Chris was reading the notes I typed for him and it made me surprised and I thought it was funny and I spilled. All right. <laughs> Who's ready to tape with a splash on their shirt for an hour? You. Okay, let's talk about the astronomy of the aspects. We're really Please. like winding down here for um the like the basics of reading a natal chart. And this is something I save for the end, not because it's not important, but because this it's kind boring. of because it's so boring. Exactly. It's difficult to you understand and therefore this. boring. <laughs> There's no way. In my experience, all this astrology stuff is not boring at all. <laughs> well, okay. Aspects are going to seem complex, but they're really not. It's just like... <laughs> I'm sorry. Explaining it is complex, but it really is just like very, very simple geometry. Geology rocks. Geometry shapes. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I got it. I'm sure neither of us could properly define geometry. <laughs> Where did Jenny go? She's made this whole big show about how she was going to be in here when we were recording, and then she's gone. Okay, uh, so uh, like we she's a do. regular. Oh God, what's his name? Keep going. I'll I'll think of it. You'd go do your thing. I'm going to be thinking about what this guy's <laughs> name is. Go ahead. Excellent. Okay, so the astronomy of the aspects. The component we're looking at today is called the aspects. These are mathematical geometric relationships between the planets or the planetary bodies. A chart is a 360 degree wheel. Here's my trusty diagram of my boobs. chart and your chart, also known as boobs. Mm -hmm. They're 360 degree wheels. And with the aspects, we map out how many degrees apart the planets are. And then we pull meaning from those geometric relationships. Mm -hmm. If we take a 360-degree circle, like Howard? so. It's Howard something. Keep going. Stern? No, it's not Howard Stern. If we take a 360-degree circle, i.e. an anal chart, and divide it into 12, one part for each of the 12 signs and therefore houses, then each house is roughly 30 degrees, right? 30 times 12 is 360, and we've made up a whole circle. Mm -hmm. So if we take a planet... We look at the sign of the house that that planet is in. Of and, course. And therefore the sign that the planet's in. And we put it all together to describe planets like this. Mars in 28 degrees of Virgo. of Virgo, Pluto in 4 degrees of Gemini. And so on. That's like how we would say that. So each planet has its own like degree based on its location. Howard Schultz. Who the fuck is that? He's freaking started Starbucks. Ever heard of it? Uh, oh, I feel like I should know that. Wasn't he like rumored to be running for president at some point? Something and, like that. He didn't. Jenny, welcome to the room. Back to the aspects, please. I'm dying to hear about them. Okay, so you won't see a sign in a chart. Never. Meaning like the 12 signs that go around the circle of here course. of the chart. You won't see it have more than 30 degrees in it because the degrees start over every time it hits 30 and enters a new sign. So okay. something can be in like 29 degrees of Leo and 30 degrees of Leo and then it starts over at one degree of, you know, the next sign. Uh -huh. So there are major aspects and minor aspects. The major aspects are things that astrologers have looked at for a long ass time in astrology. And there are five of them. The conjunct, the square, the opposition, the sextile, and the trine. Hey, come on. The sextile. <laughs> Sounds like mm, something. Hold on. Hold on. Don't say a single word. The sextile. Hmm. Sounds like part of my bathroom that I broke 
when I was in there, then, then now you may go ahead. That's what I thought you were going to come up with some like sex thing. Yeah, I broke in having sex in your bathroom. Yeah, the tile. Hey, and then we go. That's is she the okay? Sex is Cassie tile. okay? Is that why she's not I coming home? I was doing alone sex. <laughs> alone sex. <laughs> In more recent years, astrologers have started to use the minor aspects, which are the inconjunct, semi-sextile, semi-square. Hey, semi-sextile. Hold on. That's got to be something like in my kitchen. There's a little tiny thing. Okay, go ahead. And I broke it having sex. Having alone sex? Yeah, for one. Semi-square, sesquiquadrate, quincunx, quintile, and then there's others. Quincunx? (laughs) Yeah. What the hell is that? It's a minor aspect. Quincunx. What's that one? No, I have nothing to say. I I just like to say (laughs) it. It speaks for itself. Quincunx. So each of these terms I read represents a specific degrees apart that two planets can be. For example, trine means two planets are 120 degrees apart. Square means two planets are 90 degrees apart. Wait, tri? T-R-I? Trine, T-R-I-N-E. Okay, go ahead. Conjunct means the planets are zero degrees apart. We're only going to discuss the five major aspects in this episode. Quincunct? No, that's, that's, a minor, that's a minor aspect. Ugh. <laughs> As they're much more important than the minor aspects, some astrologers don't even use the minor aspects, or if they do, they don't give them much weight. The major ones are really important in any chart, though. It's like just as important as looking at, um, you know, like the, the signs that a planets are in or uh, the houses and so on. Um, so let me review. Conjunct. Mm-hmm. Sextile. Mm-hmm. Cumberbun. <laughs> yeah, go on. Capricorn. Capricorn. Uh-huh. And uh, s- Salazar. Is that one? No, but it's funny Quinkunk. you should say that because Salazar is the first name of Salazar Slytherin in Harry Potter. And you've before listed off the Harry Potter houses and said things that were not Harry Potter houses. Oh. And yet you seem to know Salazar Slytherin's first name. I, I know Salazar. I think it's a restaurant here in Los Angeles. Salazar's? Is... I think there is a restaurant called Salazar. Thank you. Wow. All right. Okay, so we talked about one of the And major- not Salad Czar, C-Z-A-R, which is the restaurant that I'm going to be starting, franchise salad thing, if it's okay to refer to myself as a czar. I don't really know where that word comes from. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. I'm out. Oh, my God. It's just salad, Chris. Um, we talked about one of the aspects, one of the major aspects, when we were at Hooters a couple weeks ago. It's called the conjunct. And that's when two planets are on top of each other as viewed hey, from Earth come on. and consequently seen in the chart. Yeah, when they're zero degrees apart. You know what? I'm making an, a, a, a proclamation. Mm-hmm. I will never talk about sex ever again on the podcast. Why? Ever. I, I, I. Hmm. Is this because of what Cassie said in the I overdid it. I feel like. You mean when she said this is a disgusting podcast and I don't understand it? No. Well, I mean, I. You know, it has nothing to do with anything she said, but I just, I, I think after one of a recent taping, I just thought, what am I? You mean our recent taping at Hooters? My, what, am, what is it going to say on my gravestone? He he talked about cum constantly. He never stopped talking about your cum. Your logo for your My hat. eulogy is going to be, he never stopped talking about jacking off. But you made the Pornhub logo a born hot hat. I know. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful merchandising and branding, of course. <laughs> but, you know, I can only say so much. Well, our lo- our motto is H for the D to the stars and back. So Yeah, that's not a sex thing. Oh, what is what does the H and D mean? I'm happy for the day to that the stars I get and to, to the stars and back. Cool. That's well, what I thought it was. Suddenly everyone is go any listeners right now are confused about what they thought they knew. See, we're That's always right. we're keeping you on your toes. Yeah, I'm keeping you on your toes. I'm you know And not in a sex way. And I would never do anything with your toes sexually. <laughs> um, okay, so you can identify a conjunct in a chart by examining which planets are really close to each other just by like looking at it and then reading the little numbers printed below them. The one with the degree symbol is the number we're looking for, the degree. If your Mars is at 10 degrees of Leo and your moon is at 10 degrees of Leo, then they're conjunct because they're in the exact same place. They're both at 10 degrees of Leo. Mm -hmm. It may seem like a headache to try and make all these calculations to see which of your planets are aspecting which planets and so on. But It doesn't. I'm not. I would just I'm not going to do it. (laughs) 
I have to do it? Well, really, no one has to do Gun it. Gun to my head? It's really not complicated because most chart calculators, like free ones online or in good astrology apps, will just give you a list of all your aspects. So you don't really have to do any work to do this shit. It'll just, if you're looking at a chart calculation, typically it will list for you the aspects, especially in like paid phone apps. And I always use Astro Gold. Time Passages is a good alternative. They're both kind of like pricey, but you can get like, a, I think it's like $1.99 to just be able to do your chart. And like, I think it lets you do one other person's and then it erases it. You can't like save other people's charts. They're pricey, but hey, make more money. But for 30 bucks, you can store as many charts as you want. I have like 100 charts in my Time Passages and it gives you a bunch of more features and so on. And um, and uh, we will do an episode coming up about all of the apps. Finally. So um, that'll that'll happen. Uh, yeah, it'll have a, a big list like Sun, Trine, Moon, Mercury, Square, Mars, and so on. So you never have to, so you don't have to sit there with a fucking, what is it called? A protractor or something like that? Yes. And do your own shit. Jenny's swiveling around. Jenny, say speech, wrong? speech. What's up? What's up? Hello. Yeah, there we go. Great. Thank you so Did much. I say, is protractor what it's called in geometry? I think so. Hell yeah. And rocks is geology. Geometry was the only class in high school that I got below a B on. I got a C because I would put headphones on under my hood and I would sleep. What would you listen to? I don't know, like Lemuria. Limp Biscuit and Lemuria. No. They're next to each other on Limp the Limp Biscuit iPod. was when I was like nine and I had a, what's the one that's like an illustration of a guy in a street at night and he's like holding significant the microphone. Significant other. Okay, I had a significant other poster on my wall. That's a great When I was record. nine, next to my Britney Spears poster. Mm-hmm. So as you get more accustomed to looking at charts your eye will start to identify the aspects like pretty easily especially with the help of all the little lines in the center of your chart this is something people have messaged us asking about but in the middle of every chart the chart is more of a wheel than a circle because it's got this like interior circle mm. with a bunch of lines strewn across it and these lines are they're um the aspects basically they're uh the they lines like two big eyes as far as i'm concerned well that's because there's two charts instead of one mm-hmm uh, the lines represent the aspects between the planets, and they're there to help you quickly ascertain which aspects your planets are making. So instead of like having to sit there and be like, well, oh, the sun looks like it's 60 degrees apart and sextile to the moon, like you can instead look at these lines and be like, oh, the line is indicating to me it's a sextile. It just kind of makes everything easier. The lines will connect two planets that are making an aspect and show a little symbol in the middle of the line. I don't know if you can see it from there, but there's like a little symbol found at the middle of each of these lines in the center i um, believe you and so the symbol is associated with a specific aspect so like how the planets all have their own symbols like we know i know you'll know this one it's not none of the symbols are restricted to just astrology mars is like of course the circle with a little arrow coming oh, out of it of course venus the circle with a little cross below yes. it things we all are pretty familiar with from all austin the, powers exactly <laughs> yeah um so like the planets have their own symbols the aspects also have their own symbols um, and those are the symbols that are in the lines in your chart in the middle. Um, and one other important thing to note is that most astrologers, when they're looking at aspects, they use what we call an orb of eight degrees. So this means two planets will still be, for example, conjunct, like right on top of each other, as long as they're within eight degrees of each other. To use the Mars example I used a minute ago, let's say that your Mars is in 10 degrees of Leo and okay. your moon is in three degrees of Leo. Okay. So they're still seven degrees apart and are still technically conjunct, although not exactly, but it still counts because they're like within that eight degree orb. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Okay. That's the astronomy of it or the, the math and geometry and astronomy, astronomy of it. Okay. Uh, I say astronomy because things like the conjunct are astronomical terms. It's not just astrology. So when astronomers are on Earth looking to see if two planets are... Um, like intersecting and like on top of each other, they would also refer to it yeah. as a conjunct. So it's not just astrology terminology. How high up in space has an astrologer ever gone? The moon? That's a good question. Okay. Well, did anybody ever actually go to the moon? Hey, yes. <laughs> don't mess around. I actually don't know anything about that conspiracy. What, it's what do you guys crapola. think? I would say almost 90% of conspiracy theories are stupid. Jenny, what do you think? Did we go to the moon? Um... She's thinking. I think so. Yeah. I don't have an opinion. I'm genuinely just wondering what you guys think. I've never kept up with that particular conspiracy. It's malarkey, as the great President Joe Biden would say. Does he say that? Yeah, that's his whole thing. I'm imagining him saying malarkey, and I can't because I feel like he'd be like, it's a mop, it's a mom up. It would take him like an hour to get it out. Yeah. Just like my ex wife. Wait, 
What do you mean? It takes her an hour to get it out. Get it out. All right. So anyway. What does it mean, get it out? <laughs> I don't know, because we're not a sex podcast. That's right. And I will never make a joke about SEX ever again on the podcast. In private, that's my business. Hey, don't forget. Or here we go. We're going to do a friggin' astro probe with Shamir. Well, we're here with Shamir Bailey of the fantastic, beautiful, wonderful, creative musical product project, Shamir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are so great. It's getting cold in Los Angeles. Um, what is it like over where you're at? You're in Philly, right? I'm in Philly. It's actually not that bad right now. And you were just telling me when we got on the phone that you put out a, a few EPs this year? Um, yeah, I put out a few EPs on my label that I started called Accidental Pop Star Records. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the latest one from this artist called Pulp Blood from Toronto just came out um, back in November. And then um, we just got the first mixes of, um, well, the final mixes of the most recent release which is going to be the label's first like full-length lp so i'm super super excited hell yeah yeah that rules that's it's a lot to take on starting a label and uh seems like you're putting out cool shit well it's been this is i think this has been my calling like i always want to do something like outside of just like being an artist like within the industry and at first i started with managing and that was much harder i realized this is <laughs> so much more easier <laughs> Yeah, being being in management because that's like kind of where I'm working more or less sort of right now. And um, it's like wearing so many hats. It's like doing so many things at once. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel like so is like the label, but I feel like at least it's all creative. And like that's easy for me. Whereas mm-hmm. just like, you know, managing stuff is just like it's so much more logistical stuff that I just like my brain is not fit for. Um. Well, from what I remember... We met like a handful of a few years ago, I want to say like sometime in 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one of the first things we talked about was astrology. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that you kind of go way back with it, right? What's your what's your history with astrology? Well, I guess way back as far as just like my mom, like she's very like into that. She's like very witchy. She has like a pentagram tattoo. Um, Whoa. So, yeah. And then my bass player, Christina, She's also very, very, very into it. Like, she literally is the type of person that, like, asks you your placements before your name. Um, (laughs) So I have, like, my knowledge is really just kind of just, like, secondhand and always been, like, around it. And a lot of people think that I have, like, such a vast knowledge of it or that I'm, like, really, really into it. But it's just, I'm really not. It's just that it's just always kind of been around me, you know. I feel like it's around everybody these days. But for it to have always been around you. I feel like is probably kind of unique. I think so. Yeah. I It's so funny because I feel like my mom was, even though she's Gen X, I feel like she's always kind of been, I feel like she's kind of just like a millennial witch before it was like a thing. <laughs> because like a lot of the yeah. things that she was on, like it's cool now. And I'm just like, everyone's just turning into my mom and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that sounds like something i would talk to my therapist about everybody's turning into my mom i literally <laughs> think i have probably so <laughs> um all i remember about your personal astrology stuff is that you're a scorpio yes, right yes 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 just had a birthday oh my gosh happy, happy birthday. birthday thank you so what what are the rest of your big three what's your sun moon rising so i really like my chart i think it's really well balanced um i have some scorpio sun which is like nice water you know and then i'm mm-hmm. a capricorn moon that's where like my stability comes from and then mm-hmm. i'm a gemini rising and like that's how i'm able to like n- to basically be an introvert but also can pretend to be an extrovert so totally yeah chris also has a capricorn moon oh wow that's right yeah i think that's the best placement to have capricorn in because any other placement you're kind of going to be a crackhead so (laughs) i agree yeah (laughs) um okay so let's ask you the sun question Mm -hmm. what do you think your purpose is um you know i think and I, i i know we're talking about sun but i think because of like my very stable capricorn moon I, I kid you not, I've had my life planned out perfectly to a T since I was 10 years old and it's basically gone to plan. 
Whoa. <laughs> Dang, that sounds great. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. And then like, I kind of, and, and it's always because of Facebook memories, it's always like reminding me that like, oh, I was right. Like I kind of like caught that. So, wow. Damn. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, so that being said, what do you think your purpose is? Like, what what do you think the like, it seems like you've got, you've got a handle on everything. So what do you think your like ultimate kind of like, well, thing I think, is? I think mostly just because I have like this very specific outlook on life that, you know, back then would be such an anomaly. But like now we know it's not really, you know, so I think more so just like me, just like getting out like as much as I can and like not really box myself in and kind of just like show that myself as like you know a queer black you know Muslim race like you know weird kid um can you know make their way through like a bunch of different things you know like starting a Mm -hmm. label like definitely was like a new thing kind of like on the path but like I always knew that I was going to be a musician and like I always knew that I was going to be like in the art somehow um and then eventually like i want to go to school and um become a therapist or like work in like mental health field in like some kind of way and i think overall really i just kind of just like see myself as like a healer whether it be through like art or like you know anything yeah and going back to we were just talking about your mom do you feel like how she is and like your upbringing has guided you on that path I think so. I think I come from a long line of healers, and she would definitely be the first one to tell you that. Well, that's fantastic. It sounds extremely positive, which is, I think we have a lot of guests on here where their answer to this question is can be a lot more like existential or lost. That Chris and I have yet to answer these questions for the pod, but I feel like that would be like mine. So it's like really great to hear a positive answer, and like you feel like you just know and you're really comfortable with it. Well, life is too short. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so moon question, what makes you feel safe? Mm, I think, you know what, I think like stability in my environment, basically. Um, and I think that, that was like the hardest thing starting out for me going like basically from high school to like touring was just like, I really do like to have like a home to come back to. And you know, doing nonstop touring out of high school, I just like, you know, I stopped touring and I was like, oh my God, I'm like homeless. Like, what the hell, you know? Um, <laughs> once I found Philadelphia and realized like how much I love Philadelphia and like was able to kind of like create that home for me that like basically saved my life. So I think, yeah, I definitely need to have like that stable home like aspect yeah. of my life or I, I won't feel okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You need both that Gemini rising once you're moving around in the world, but the Capricorn moon wants you chilling at home very when you can. Very that. Very, very that. So for the rising question, uh, what f- uh, archetypal character can be fictional, like in a movie, a book, a TV show, a play or something, or or it can be a real life like political figure or actor, just a, what kind of like archetypal character or person in the world do you most relate to and or aspire to be like? Chelsea Handler. Damn, that was quick and very unexpected. <laughs> I love wow. Chelsea Handler. I think I think she is honest. I think she's the most honest celebrity period and and mm-hmm. I think you know her growth from just like being loud for no reason to like kind of being more introspective and like trying to learn more about white privilege and like, you know, I've always been a long lifelong fan of hers and it's always been very hard because there's always been so many like racist aspects to the things that she you know has always said and like talked about and like everything but uh, in the back of my mind I always known that it was like from ignorance and to like see her actually make that change and like and 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 really you know understand it's like you know I was ignorant and like I was blinded by my privilege and like everything like we don't really get to see that kind of like change of heart and celebrities come along white celebrities in like a very big way and mm-hmm. and I just love her honesty. Like I don't like you know I don't ask much of like I think most people of color don't ask much of white people. We just want that. <laughs> like that's it. Like we, we don't expect yeah. you to have all the answers. You know, just like be open. So yeah, I love her, and I love how she's just an independent woman, and she has all this stuff, and she doesn't care, and she just gives whenever she can. So, like I think I love her. I love her. 
Yeah, she's awesome. She's she has like a fearlessness about her, but she but not in kind of like a um an authoritarian way or anything yeah. or like in a in a dark way. It's very like it's very like neutral fearlessness. Yeah. And I feel like that's I've always really liked that about her. It's taught me a lot, I think, as a person, because I mean, I literally like I don't remember a time that I didn't have Chelsea Handler around. And yeah, her fearlessness has definitely rubbed off on me in, like a really big way. Well, Shamir, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. No, thank you. This um, was so fun. I know we're kind of like winding down to the holidays and you were just telling us before we started recording that you don't have much going on for the rest of the year. But um, but where can listeners find you on the Internet to hear your music and your artists that you're working with on your label and everything? Yeah. So, I mean, accidentalpopstarrecords.com um, is the label. And then, you know, my music is everywhere. The Sunday Shamir on whatever streaming site you use but probably not on amazon for long <laughs> lol yeah i was uh, thinking about that too i want to take my shit off amazon yeah definitely in the process of that so um and then shamir 326 on instagram and then just at shamir bailey on twitter <laughs> well thanks again thank you yeah nice to meet you yeah <laughs> even if it's this way <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so the astrology of aspects. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the conjunct is when two okay. planets are within eight degrees of each other. Technically, when they're zero degrees apart, but within that eight degree orb. Uh, the symbol for this is a little circle with a little line sticking out diagonally on one side, kind of like this. Me doing oh. it with my hands. For okay, Chris. I see it. It's like an alfalfa sort of. This is the one aspect where you can't see any lines in the center of a chart because. They're right next to each other, the planets. So there are no lines to connect. You can't draw a line from point A to point B if they're in the exact same place. And the way we interpret that, the conjunction interpretation, this aspect is like a boost of the planet's energies, like they're supercharged. This can be good or bad. It just depends on which two planets are touching. For example, if the moon and Venus are touching, mm -hmm. which are two planets that deal with love and nurturing and comfort, it would be a positive conjunction because they share a similar positive energies uh, but if mars is conjunct your saturn this could be bad because mars deals with aggression sometimes and saturn sometimes deals with boundaries and defensiveness so when you've got aggression boundaries and defensiveness all kind of like compiled together in one area being magnified then the conjunction might prove to be more of like a challenge in your chart than of something positive so it, it takes some analysis to sort out if the conjunction is good or bad it's conjunction just, junction what's your function schoolhouse rock Great song. This is like Schoolhouse Rock, but um, Schoolhouse Rock meaning uh, comets and asteroids, that kind of rock. No music. No. Straight facts. Yeah. We're uh, taking the fun out of Schoolhouse Rock. We may be musicians, but uh -huh. fuck music. Hey, come on. Music saved my life. So the sextile. When two planets are... And I'm not saying a thing. I would hope not. When I wouldn't. I already made my big promise. When two planets are 60 degrees apart... Ooh, within an okay, orb of eight close, degrees but i don't know what <laughs> close to but you within know. an orb of eight degrees so we, we technically they can be 68 degrees uh, apart okay, all right, 69 uh, no cigar i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know what that means <laughs> the symbol for this is basically a pound symbol like on the phone yes the the sextile symbol is the pound <laughs> oh my god any thoughts on that Chris? i don't know i can't even hear you <laughs> You can find the symbol in the line and it'll that'll connect the two planets that are sextile and share this aspect. You'll see the little pound symbol in the middle. It's a positive aspect. So usually the line will be blue uh, as opposed to the negative angles that will show or aspects that will show a red line. So you'll see some, this is your chart right here. You see some blue lines, you see some red lines, right? Yes, I do. The blue lines are like quote unquote positive lines. Can you tell me, is this the... Same piece of paper that you've always had, or is yeah. it different every day? No, it's the same one. All right, I knew it. So yeah, sextile, sextiles are generally positive, and the way we interpret them, if two planets are sextile in your chart, sextiles are positive, and they show where we channel our intellect and studies, where we love to learn. For example, if our Venus, which sometimes deals with money, and Jupiter, the planet of growth and expansion, are nice. sextile, we may love learning how to grow our money through investments like Bitcoin because we're having a sextile learning and education. Let's look where my Bitcoin expansion. is at. Actually, I have to re-download the app. It's, Vamp. It's been going down. 
No, Jenny no, told no, me no, she's no, been watching no, it. No, she's no, been considering no. investing. What, Jennifer? It's bad time. Isn't it good to invest when everything plummets because then it's cheaper to buy in? I'm waiting to see how low it gets. It's uh, probably gonna get pretty low. I have to sign in. What's my password? Keep going. The aspects. All right. So moving on to tell it to me straight. The aspect. Yeah. We're going to get into squares now, and I will tell it to you straight, because this is a challenging aspect. Oh, boy. The square is when two planets are within- I put $200 <laughs> into friggin' Bitcoin, you know, th- two years ago or something. Uh-huh. And now it is worth seventy three sixty two. Oh, my God. Two years ago you did that? Yeah. Plummeted. <sighs> I don't understand investments. I'm Me a neither. simpleton, and I'm happy that way. You know, it's an app. As all, uh, now that you can invest in an app, with an app, I'd be in, I'd be investing. All right. So the square is when two planets are within ninety degrees of each other, and we know that squares, just geometrically, are composed of f- four right angles. Yes, right? I know that. And a right angle is ninety degrees. I knew it. So we call the ninety degrees the ninety degree aspect a square. Okay. Squares are a negative aspect, so the lines will be red in the middle of a chart. You see those little red lines in the middle? Those are indicating a more negative or challenging aspect in the chart, such as a square. Uh, The symbol for it is a little square. (laughs) That makes sense. And the way we interpret squares in astrology, squares are traditionally bad, but like anything that seems bad in astrology, once we accept it and learn to work on it and grow from it, there is always room for improvement, right? It's the thing about being a human. The square shows where we struggle, and by overcoming the struggle, we grow and become stronger people. Any successful person has negative aspects in their chart, too, because great accomplishment doesn't come without great trial in some way or another. Think yes, of, that's true for me. Yeah, think of artists who write heartbreaking songs. Thank they had you, to feel yes. some pain somewhere I in life. I know, and I have had a lot of pain, actually, in my life. Yeah, and then you articulated in your music. Some of these different feelings, my thoughts, other specifics. <laughs> That's yeah. me. So yeah, uh, I would say don't be discouraged. First of all, don't be discouraged by anything negative in your chart at all because it just indicates an area of life that you got to work on. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has a perfect life. And um, we learn from shit. That's how uh, people get wise when they're old. They don't get, they're not wise just because they're old. They're uh-huh. wise because they managed to get old. You know? Yes. Wow. All right. Let's talk about the next one. Uh, the opposite aspect, the opposites, the opposition which is when two planets are opposite each other at 180 degrees, you know, right across, right across the line on that circle, 180 degrees, within an orbit of eight degrees, as usual. The symbol for this is two tiny circles connected by a line, like, like this, and then with a line connecting them. Like a little mask you would put over your face. Yeah, exactly. Like a little raccoon's face. Mm-hmm. The circles are opposite each other in the symbol as well. The opposition as an aspect is negative, like the square, Um, Or it can be. It's not always negative. Um, Depends on like the astrologer you're talking to and how you're interpreting it. But the line will be red either way in a chart. And the way we interpret oppositions, they typically represent outside forces or other people. For example, like where the square aspect might be like where you're having a personal issue dealing with something like internal. Mm -hmm. Um, The opposition is where like some kind of difficulty outside of yourself, like an event or a situation or a person comes into play which can be good or bad, um, though it tends to more often be a challenge. It's where we have challenges uh, because of exterior forces. Um, In a passive chart, meaning a chart with like easygoing or just like non-assertive planets, oppositions are typically accepted. It shows that like people are going with the flow in that regard when it comes to an opposite aspect. Um, But people in a dominating chart, people with a dominating chart, like somebody with very assertive planets, like a lot of fiery planets or a strongly placed Mars, um, oppositions can be fractious or difficult because they may be prone to challenging others or manipulating outside forces to work for them or allowing other people or outside forces to like weigh them down and control them. My Bitcoin dropped 14 cents since the last time I told you how much it was worth. What? That's like right. Like five minutes ago? That's right. Jenny, don't invest. <laughs> Jenny, don't do it. It's not worth it. I'll um, sell you mine for 200 well, That's actually a pretty good deal. <laughs> so an example of opposition, let's say that Neptune, which represents dreams and idealizations, uh, is opposite Mars in a chart, which represents doing, achieving, and sex. Not to trigger you, Chris. I'm fine. 
I know what sex is. So, but it's no laughing matter. So dreamy, dreamy Mars opposite, or sorry, dreamy Neptune opposite, like a sexy Mars, may represent someone who assertively goes after their crushes whom they've idealized. And idealization often does not go well. What? It's like expectation versus reality. What? So yeah, that if you have if you have your Neptune opposite your Mars, then you may be you know struggling with kind of like seeing seeing someone that you're sexually interested in as like oh. who they really are or something of that nature. That's just like one minor interpretation of that opposition. Okay. But interesting. Um, okay, so let's do the trine. This is the the final of the five major aspects. The trine. The trine, T-R-I-N-E, is when two planets are 120 degrees apart within an orb of eight degrees like everything else. You would hope, you know, here's what some, this is my first, this is my first problem with astrology. Mm -hmm. Something called trine. Don't you wish there was three things involved? (laughs) And now astrology has been debunked. (laughs) Wow. Just... Wait, what do you mean? Rattled, shook to her core by this shocking, groundbreaking discovery by me, Chris. My eyes are out of focus because I don't get it. I'm like trying to. I'm doing the math lady meme literally about math right now. (laughs) Commonly, Jenny, you got it right. Yep. Okay, so usually T R I. Mm -hmm. Try. There's these. There's of course there's a tricycle. Triangle. Triangle. Threesomes. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that even is. And I don't appreciate the high-fiving in front of me. Um, So I would say trine. Wouldn't it be nice if it was three planets instead of two? Can we make it three planets? Well, I've got a couple answers for you. You do? There's three something? Well, yeah, when you have... Three something. Three. Well, think about it. Space. Chris, what is 120 degrees times three? Oh God! I, I, it's why don't you tell me what you think it it's, is? <laughs> it's three hundred and sixty, which is a full circle. I know. And there is such a thing as having three planets okay. that are like so. Imagine you got three planets on a chart and making like a triangle with three fingers. Mm-hmm. This planet is trying this planet. Mm-hmm. This planet is trying this planet, and this planet is trying this planet. They're all trying each other, and that's called a grand trine. Okay. And that will show up visibly on a chart because there will be a big blue triangle in the middle. Neither all of right. us, neither of us have it. Okay. But it's a very good thing to have in a chart, and let's talk about why. Wait, so but we don't have it. Neither of us has so it. So it must be good to not have it too, though. It's a. Please? Actually, yeah. I mean, Thank you. anything can be good or bad. I feel like in a, Thank in a chart. Thank you. So there's, there can also be a grand cross, which is when four planets are all 90 degrees apart and square to each other. And that'll look like a big red square in the middle of your chart. Big red square in your chart, probably not good. Big blue triangle in the center of your chart, probably pretty good. And trines are when two planets are 120 degrees apart within an orb of eight degrees, blah, blah, we did this. 120 degrees is geometrically associated with the triangle. So the symbol is a triangle. Well, now I'm fucking blown away. In esoteric traditions, like paganism or just like witchcraft, like any kind of like shit like that, or even probably I think going back to traditional religions, going back to um, Leonardo da Vinci and his like diagrams and drawings and um, findings and everything, the triangle is typically associated with harmony. Uh Uh-huh. So the trine is a positive aspect because it's a triangle. So the line will be blue in a chart. And the interpretation astrologically, um, they're always positive. They show a planetary relationship that inspires us and shows us where things are easy and prosperous and enthusiastic. It shows an area of life where we're at ease and skilled and happy. For example, Mercury, the planet of commerce sometimes. I knew it. Um, Trine Jupiter, the planet of abundance, can show someone who's really good at like selling people on stuff, um, convincing people of things or like, uh, yeah, just kind of like getting someone to invest in something, whether that's physically or just like socially. um, And they feel comfortable doing it. Or you could say like um, a Venus trine, a Mars, uh, maybe someone who's like very comfortable with their sexuality and um, who's able to do things in life that satisfies their values. Um, it's it's just a general positive thing to have. Trines are really good. I love them. Um, I have trines hanging f- up uh, posters of trines, all the different ones <laughs> in my bedroom. 
Actually, you do have little like stickers of like triangular mirrored pieces on some of your guitars, right? I do have that. Yeah. I'm a real trine head. <laughs> I'm obsessed with these fucking things. And I still swear. But the, there is a the downside to having something like a grand trine. So like three planets that are all trine to each other and making that big blue triangle shape okay, in the middle of your chart. Have. That neither of us has. So there's a, of course there's a downside. What is it? Yeah. Well, it's like if things are too easy. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck these people. And I swear still. Let's use like a base example. Okay. Like imagine somebody who is like mega rich and they've been like pam- pampered their whole Ugh, life. Fucking idiot. Things just come easy to them. There's like nepotism. Piece of They're shit. They're given every advantage. Dumb ass. So that can, even though those are all positive to them, it may make them kind of like they take things for granted. Yeah. Or they don't understand other sides of things. Big, dumb, rich asshole. Okay. All right. Let me do some closing notes on the aspects because that was all five of the majors. I can't believe it. Yeah. And I remember it all. I memorized it. Trine, Kakunkt, Quinkunks was a minor aspect, so we didn't cover it. I know, I know. I'm sure we'll do an episode on the minor aspects eventually, but today is not that day because uh, becoming familiar with the major aspects is like truly like very important to a chart. You should look at that shit. So we went over the fucking conjunct, the sextile, the square, the opposition, and the trine. And let me just give you some quick closing notes, and then we're going to look at an example in your chart, Chris. My we're, chart? We're talk about now I'm you interested. In so most charts will have a balance of both good and bad aspects. So don't look at your chart and be like, oh no, I have bad aspects. Or like, yay, I have a bunch of good ones. Because don't look like, at it. chances are you're going to have a lot of good aspects. You're going to have some good aspects and some bad aspects. And if you don't, send it to me, write into us. If you look at your chart and there's only bad aspects or only good aspects, I want to talk to you. Yeah, we really, want to study you. The, the point really is just that you're probably going to have both, so don't get your hopes up. So having that balance of good and bad aspects defines our own psychological ma- makeup along with the planet's signs and houses. Um, once you get used to the aspects and understanding them and knowing their degrees and stuff and their symbols, they'll be easier for you to pick out in a chart, and you'll be able to just like glance at those lines in the middle and know all the aspects by sight. It, it, it really just kind of like becomes easier to, when you spend a few minutes with it. Okay. Um, there will be less measuring or symbol hunting or whatever. You'll just be able to glance and know. All right. So let's use one of Chris's aspects as an example. Finally. So in your chart, let's bust it out here. Your Mars is in Capricorn on the ascendant, the rising line right there. Uh-huh. And it's a great it's a great placement having Mars in Capricorn. Okay. It's really good because Mars is about doing and achieving and Capricorn is about hard work and responsibility. So those kind of work together. That's me, baby. They're really, really harmonious. It's excellent to have that. Um, someone who's like really balanced in their work and their drive. And your Jupiter, which is right here in the second house in Pisces, is a happy placement as well because Jupiter is one of the two rulers of Pisces. Jupiter and Neptune rule Pisces. The god of fish? Yeah, Neptune, more or less, god of fish. Love him. He's my Um, guy. So you have two really happy planets right here. They're like chilling in their signs, just loving life, and they're sextile in a positive aspect. So you got like a good flow of energy between those two planets. Okay. So they're in the sextile means they're 60 degrees apart. Uh, And we just learned that sextile is a positive aspect. So putting it all together, we can read this. We can interpret this Mars and Capricorn sextile Jupiter and Pisces as someone who works hard, who works hard graciously and receives a lot of reward for it. That would be great. You don't feel that way. Um, no, but hey, it would be wonderful if I did. Hey, how great would that be if I felt like that? Hey, maybe one day. Well, I also want to say that you say you don't feel that way, but um, your Mars is also, we can look at the lines here, the little red line with the square in the middle. Your Uh Mars, though it's sextiling Jupiter, which is great, is also squaring, not so great, your Mercury, which is your mental processing and faculties. Oh my God, I'm so stupid, I can't even figure it out that I'm (laughs) successful. Is that what you're saying? No, you're stupid. It means you're over-processing and you're doubting yourself. Thank you. Because you're getting too heady about it. Yes. But, But really, you do have a lot of... You make beautiful work, and I feel like you. It it's sad to hear that you're not um, you're not like fully living that experience because uh, it's true. I feel like a lot of people love it, and understandably so. You make great shit. Thank you. That's but I nice. can also relate, and I'm sure Jenny can too. When you make art and you give it to people, something just makes you feel like shit, no matter what. <laughs> For sure. For sure. All right, let's do advice. Oh, finally, it's time for advice. All right, you go first. I would be happy to. Alyssa, a.k.a. 
bug. Virgo sun, sag after moon, Libra rising. I was wondering if you guys were into wrestling. Right now, the WWE is lacking in their entertainment. Just very uninteresting matches and storylines. My question is, what advice would you give to the WWE to be a more entertaining show? Also, AEW rules. What's AEW? I googled it, and I think it's a wrestling thing. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping that you knew anything about wrestling. Do you not? Okay, so here's what I know. They wrestle each other, and it is rehearsed, mm -hmm. but it is not fake. It just looks different than it actually is. What but do that mean? doesn't mean it's fake. And there's a You're great You're saying movie. like the moves aren't planned, but that is fake that they're doing the moves, but it just like isn't orchestrated? Like the, choreographed? It's choreographed, thank you. It's very choreographed, but it's not, from what I understand, planned like we're gonna do this and then this and then this. They like signal each other with little winks. Ooh, like baseball with the pitcher and the catcher. I would love it if each of them walked out to a song by Chris Farron. Original <laughs> probably would be best. Mm -hmm. That would be so cool for me and my career. Yeah. I would love it. It would be very entertaining to me if the WWE, if I had a financial stake in it. Well, that's what I think. And you can take that to the bank. And that's my wrestling uh, catchphrase. Okay, here's the drama I I'm the I banker. Want. That's me. Here's my wrestling guy. I'm the banker. And you <laughs> stick them up. You wear suspenders? I'm wearing suspenders. I have a... You have an app reading your Bitcoin decline? That's right. And I, I have a button that calls the police. And you have your own signature move that's called the Bitcoin Blast. Yeah. Um, that's when you throw dimes in their eyes. I think this is the drama I want. I loved in WWF back in the day when there was like weird love triangles. Over... They still got to be doing stuff like that, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know. Who knows? Only know. Alana Bug knows. I have Venus and Cancer and Moon and Pisces, so all I care about are love stories. So, uh -huh. which hey, is you watch Modern Love on Amazon Prime? No, what's that? It's really good, but it has the worst theme song I've ever heard of TV show have oh, ha ever had in in the history of time. Have you ever watched Gilmore Girls? <laughs> no, I have not. Does it have a bad theme song as well? Well, it's Carol King, so you'd think it'd be good, but it's I like they love Carol King. It's like they picked the worst Carol King song. What song? Okay, this is the chorus. Where you lead. I will follow anywhere that you tell me to. I'm not rapping. I'm well, saying Carol King. Well, it kind of sounds like rapping. Okay, next question. Go ahead. Okay, so it's from Alyssa, the same person. And we cured wrestling. Yeah, it's fixed. This is from the same person, Alyssa, who wrote in before, but I put it in because I really like this question. She said, um, what would you two do with $100 million and how does that relate to your natal charts? Chris, you go first. What would you do with $100 million? And 100 mil? Yeah. A Another cool 100, 100 mil? mil? Jeez. <laughs> um, gosh. Oh, man. I probably, I would probably buy a car. That would be cool to have a car. Like a nice friggin'. Mm, oh, like a, a Lambo? You no, got $100 million. No, like a 97 Dodge Viper. Something cool like that. Um, and then, oh, buy some property. Maybe I'd buy the house I live in now. Ooh. Ooh, kick out those children upstairs. Yeah, kick the kids out. Hey, love the kids if they're listening. Um, <laughs> when I check my bags, if they're heavier than 50 pounds, it doesn't matter to me because I'm friggin' made of money now. I have $100 million. And I fly first class everywhere I go. Well, your Venus is in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. And Mercury is a very dry, analytical, practical planet. And uh -huh. so uh, everything that you just said is incredibly practical, like every single item down the list. Right. And, uh, and your moon is in Capricorn. So I would look at Venus and moon to interpret how you're spending money. I would just invest in a really nice house and like a savings account so that like I would have money and my family would have money, which makes sense for my chart because my Venus is in cancer, which is about family. And um, um, we talked about this earlier when I was explaining the aspects. But yeah, look at Venus for money. You can also look at Pluto for money. Pluto deals with uh, or Scorpio rather in the eighth house deals with other people's money. And Pluto rules is one of the two rulers of Scorpio. So Pluto, eighth house, Scorpio can indicate money. And uh, Venus and the second house in Taurus can also indicate money. Pluto rules. You sound like friggin Mickey Mouse when I asked him which of his which his favorite pet was. Does he have more than one? I don't think so, but he would said Pluto rules. Okay, next question. Yep. 
Okay, this is from probably Alyssa. Who knows? It's from <laughs> Sherry. Okay. Sherry, the owner of Sherry's Berries, the company, says, Scorpio Sun, Virgo Moon, Cancer Rising. Since you guys can identify each sun sign by a character in a movie, in, a, in food, and even in vehicles, can you guys group the astrology signs into each Hogwarts house? For example, maybe Ravenclaw is Libra, Gemini, and Sagittarius. I want to know how you would group them. Thanks. This is going to take one second to answer. Sherry, you're in luck because we're going to do a Christmas special episode that will come out on Tuesday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. That is a deep dive with a special guest into the Harry Potter houses. We're going to talk about the houses, what element each of the four houses would be and what signs would go into each house. We're going to talk. We're going to sort ourselves. Yeah, there's and Chris no Sherry. And our guests. You wrote this. There's a Sherry. There's no Sherry. Yeah. This is friggin' viral buzz marketing for the next episode of the podcast. Sherry is actually a patron, and she would be hurt to know you were doubting her Sherry existence. from Sherry's Berries? Yes. Wow. Thanks, <laughs> Sherry. So, yeah, we're, people have actually emailed and tweeted at, that, at us before, like, about the Harry Potter houses. We're going to do it. We're going to do all kinds of fun shit like that moving forward. I really just wanted to get through like the basics of understanding astrology. And then we'll do fun shit like that. But I'm really excited for the Christmas episode. It's going to be fun. Harry Potter, as fucking much as it makes me feel like a loser nowadays to still be talking about it like 25 years later. I love, love it. it. Fucking love it. You love Harry Potter. That's cool. Yeah. You're going to have to watch the first one to prepare for that episode. Which one is Twilight? Oh, yeah. Actually, good reminder. This week... Before Friday, I watched Harry Potter 1. Just one. That's one. One. It's short. I'll watch an hour of it. I bet <laughs> you, you won't even be able to tell. Christmas I shit. bet you won't even be able to tell. Okay, rate and review <laughs> us on the podcast app, Chris. Read the uh, I got a review. review. Yeah. Let's go. And I found this one personally, and it says this. I picked this one because I loved their username. Astro Blastoise. Astro Blastoise. The Pokemon Blastoise. Okay. Go on. That's a... Harry Potter thing? No. Okay. But close. Pokemon. H for the D to the stars and back for this pod. I can't stop listening to this. Learning about myself, the stars, and Chris Farron. I couldn't ask for anything else. That's true. Thank you. Write into us with your advice questions at, at astroblasting at gmail.com or at your website um astroblasting.com uh we have finally caught up with our like we had such a backlog of questions that we were answering questions like two months after they were submitted but we're finally catching up so um write us write into us and uh yeah let us um let us fix you i just had a holiday song come out she just had a holiday jenny song a, come out actually jenny's christmas song might be one of my favorite Christmas songs I've ever heard. It's Ooh, so shots fired. She said one of. It's so sad and Top so beautiful. 14. Have you heard it yet, Chris? I have. It's, it's very nice and I like it. And I am still sitting around trying to get my life together, hey, <laughs> trying to get on. my art together. <laughs> Speaking of Chris, never talking about sex again. And I will not. I'm H for the D. Happy for the day. <laughs> to the stars and back. <laughs>